Today on Sagittarian Matters, advice on friend breakups, caregiving, and cave person coffee with my very special guest, Michelle T. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Michelle T. is a writer, a podcaster, the co-founder of Sister Spit, and a regular guest on Sagittarian Matters. She's the author of Against Memoir, Modern Tarot, The Chelsea Whistle, Valencia, and so many more books. You can follow Michelle and check out her podcast on Instagram at This Is Your Magic. Now please enjoy my talk with very special friend to the show, Michelle T. Michelle, the first thing we have to talk about is people send me things to taste on the podcast. It's You're so lucky. Like, I do. I feel, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because it's always <laughs> weird things that people send me mm-hmm. to taste on the podcast. Right. Um, but today I did feel blessed, hashtag blessed, to get a case of Paleo Verde <laughs> coffee like a cave person, sparkling green coffee with lemon and ginger. Now, I gave you some of this. Yeah, you did. Homework to try. Uh-huh. I've only tried it once. I'm going to taste it again live on the air. But I should say a disclaimer is at some point Stumptown had a carbonated cold brew and they had a ginger kind. It was short lived. Nobody liked it but me. So it was <laughs> always on sale. And I really enjoyed a carbonated coffee with ginger. I'll just say people thought it was an abomination. I said, you know, give me the rest. Give me, I'll drink the rest of yours. So I am predisposed to want to like this. I mean, I think I might be a little predisposed also. Um, once there's a coffee shop in Glendale that had this, um, iced espresso beverage and it was like espresso iced espresso with like pineapple and lime, which it sounds it sounded so fucked up. I had to try it and it was amazing. It was really yummy. And there's a really cute little um, coffee shop near where I used to live in San Francisco called Andy town. And their signature drink is this thing called the snowy plover. And it's espresso with iced seltzer and then like um, whipped cream on top of it. And I can take or leave the whipped cream, but you know, I, a carbonated coffee is really, it's refreshing. Is the place in Glendale, do they still have that pineapple? You know, because of COVID, they've, I, I, I haven't really been by there. I mm-hmm. hope that they do. I, I, it felt maybe like it was like a seasonal offering. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe now that it's getting warm and things are opening up, I should go back by there. We I'll should go, go back by there. I'll go there okay, with cool. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to crack this. Crack it. Paleo. Wow, that, I'm going to, I'm going to a great cough. sound coffee like a cave person <laughs> it's nice of them to not gender cave i would just say coffee like a caveman you know i don't right i could right. see myself in that i don't need them to you identify it... as caveman yeah you i don't know. yeah <laughs> i don't need them to i mean that's nice of them though okay i'm gonna try it the taste i don't completely understand the taste I thought it was really interesting like okay first of all i i thought it was very clever that they call it paleo verde because it's green coffee. It's like the whole concept of it is that like the coffee is not roasted. 
that's what makes it paleo, right? Like paleo foods, like cave person food is never cooked or something or rudimentary, like just cooked in like the most basic way over a, a fire. Yeah. That <laughs> happened to, that could only happen if like lightning strikes something near, nearby you, you're allowed to cook on, on top of that fire. Um, I think I found it very refreshing. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, something about me is that I'm always in a state of dehydration. Um, you I don't, don't like water. I don't like water. I try to trick myself into drinking seltzer and I can crack open a LaCroix and like basically get through half a can usually. Um, sometimes I get very thirsty and you know that I'm probably, I probably should be at the hospital if I'm drinking a big glass of water. It's probably gotten that bad, but I drink coffee all day long. And so it was more refreshing than coffee ever is, especially, um, I mean, even iced coffee. I mean, I never find coffee refreshing. Even an iced coffee isn't necessarily refreshing because I drink coffee black and it's always really bitter. And, you know, I'm basically just, it's just an extension of alcoholism. I'm just putting something in my body for an effect. Mm-hmm. So I liked that this was refreshing. Um, I've never tried green coffee before. I do want to read the poem from the back. There's a poem? How this also that? came with a zine. Unfortunately, I don't have the zine with me. Wow. Before the dawn of time. Wine was just grapes left on the vine, and coffee was raw and green, not a roasted thing. Paleo Verde, stronger, cleaner, and tastier than the roasted stuff. No roasting, no sweeteners, and no milk. Just clean, green energy. Paleo Verde by Cobra Verde. Coffee like a cave person. I, like I mean, again. coffee like a cave person. Person, person, person. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I feel like it actually is, it really feels in line with a lifestyle that I adopted about three days ago. So this actually really syncs up good for me. Like I just had a reckoning that I just have been eating nothing but snacks and trash for like a year and barely moving my body. So I'm just trying to like clean it up a little bit. So it really like, it's it's very in sync with my, mm. my three day old lifestyle. Um, I liked the lemony gingery vibe. I found it very bright. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, it didn't have a gross, healthy sweetener aftertaste. I like, like that part. I like it a lot. Like, just, you know, like, let something just taste naturally bitter. Don't put a crappy fake sweetener in it that leaves a weird plasticky aftertaste in your mouth. For example, as part of my three-day-old new lifestyle of clean living, I got these um, healthy popsicles because popsicles really have gotten me through the pandemic. I, I eat them all day long. That's probably how I'm getting hydrated, actually. Um, so I got these ones. I can't remember what they're called. Like, but there's like 75% less sugar and I got like wh- strawberry chia and it's like, I was like, oh cool. And I don't know, it's like stevia in it or something. And it just tastes like trash. It's like iced trash on a stick. I don't want stevia Mm-mm, in anything. I don't need it in anything. Yeah. And, well, so this, the ingredients of this are just concentrate or carbonated water fair trade certified green coffee extract lemon juice concentrate and ginger juice i like those things yeah now i want to know i I also feel like it's refreshing i don't mind the taste i get the taste doesn't remind me of coffee in any way Mm -hmm. necessarily like i get that it's coffee's cousin but it doesn't (laughs) taste like the coffee i know and love yeah um i did not drink this yesterday because i I've tried it one time and I felt the caffeine was weird to me. Yes. 
Same. Okay, so I had it yesterday afternoon. Um, at the point I'd had it, I'd already had two cups of French press coffee early in the morning, followed by an iced Phil's coffee mojito that I enjoyed with you, Nicole J. George's. So I'd already had a fair amount of caffeine, and I drank it in a car on my way to pick up a table I found on Craigslist. Oh, yeah. And I thought, this is great. It'll make me strong and energized to, like, lift heavy pieces of furniture. And I was drinking it and drinking it. And I was like, oh, this tastes a lot better than Red Bull. Red Bull is usually my go-to caffeine can. You know, if I need a can of caffeine, I go to sugar-free Red Bull. It tasted way better than that. Um, And I felt like I was looking on my phone. I was talking to my boyfriend, who also has his own review of this drink, if you're interested. I took notes. Um, I'm curious. But I was like looking at a calendar being like, oh, we're going to go on this trip together. Here are the dates I've planned. And suddenly I just felt like a crazy tweaker. Like like the like the um, dates were scrambling themselves before my eyes or something. And I felt like all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, I feel crazy right now. I think I have to stop talking. It was weird. It came on suddenly <gasps> and it was kind of tweaky, but it wasn't like, you know, when you get caffeine poisoning and you want to die and you want to pull your skin off your body. It wasn't like that. It was a cleaner way of feeling scrambled. I felt like it didn't give me the sharpness that I feel mm. when I drink, when I, when I drink like a, like a cold brew, like if I have yeah. something important to do, like I'm teaching or giving a talk and I drink a cold brew, I feel mentally sharp. And like ready to go, and I've so many yeah. ideas. And this made me feel less sharp. It was more like something coming in from the sides. Yes, that's such a good way to put it. It wasn't like the full body coffee caffeine experience. No, it was like mental or something. So I felt actually afraid to drink. Like this morning, I was like, well, maybe I'll drink it as my morning coffee before the podcast. And I was like, I don't think I can afford to. Right. I just was like, it's my. My brain is used to caffeine in a certain way, and this is giving me caffeine in a different way. Totally. I mean, as a total caffeine addict, don't you find, I mean, perhaps you found yourself, you know, in a European country or something forced to drink like espresso in the morning Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, like a French press. And doesn't even that shift in caffeine make you feel a little addled? Yes. But I have found... When I'm in those situations, the espresso flows so freely that... um, You just keep drinking it. Yeah. I love your Sagittarius shirt. Oh, thank you. I wore it special for this. Uh, It's from Psychic Sister. I have the Aquarius one, and I love it very much. I also have the Capricorn one, which is controversial in our house Ooh. because I live with a sun sign Capricorn who doesn't completely believe that I get that I get to claim as much Capricorn as I do. So she thinks you're like the Rachel Dolezal of the Zodiac. She does think I'm the Rachel Dolezal of the Zodiac. She thinks you're a poser. Here's she does. A, but there's, you know, I, there's, a, there's a way of thinking about astrology that, like, you are what the biggest influence in your chart is and 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 there's a way of thinking about sun sign astrology as sort of like western and patriarchal and like the sun is just one of many influences in your chart and it is a strong one but it can be also overpowered by other influences think of all those people that are like you know i'm a i'm a cancer but i don't seem anything like a cancer and it's like yeah bitch because you got everything in gemini it's very easy if people are looking for their charts to just go to astro.com 
Yeah. Put in all your info. Put in all your crush's info. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> to me, I think that sometimes it will curse a relationship. But, you know, because then you're reading into things that you don't actually know yet about right. them. Or you don't know how they've, like, how they've integrated those parts of themselves. Or whether totally. or not they're evolved part of their sign or an unevolved part of their sign. So you might be attributing good or bad qualities to them based on what you read on Astro.com. This is so but if true. you go to Astro.com, you can put in your birthday, call your mom, get your birth sign, or your birth, your birth time, and uh, you can get this full chart. So you can see, like, if, like, 4,000 planets are in Capricorn, but you're a Sagittarius. Like you. Then maybe. There might as well be a cap. There may as well be a cap. Listen, I went lipstick shopping with you yesterday, and you do not lipstick shop like a Sagittarius. Tell me more. I what was like a Sagittarius? I, lipsti- I feel like I, you know, I have majority Sagittarius influences in my chart, and I feel like I lipstick shop like a Sagittarius. Something bright catches my eye and I grab it and I'm done. But you were just like, you had, your hands were fully striped with various shades of rose. Like you, you were really inspecting, testing out, <laughs> thinking hard about, cause you knew what you wanted and mm-hmm. you were, you were looking for it mm-hmm. and it true. was serious and you put a lot of work into it and mm-hmm. you emerged with some fantastic lipstick. You look I'm great. Right. Thank yeah. you very much. I, I put excellent. I put on lipstick and eyebrows for you three minutes before I started the Zoom, just for your benefit. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I don't have makeup on. I just had to walk my child to school. Well, you look incredible for people who can't see. You're wearing my ring light. Your leopard turtleneck with your necklaces and your wonderful haircut. And thank you. You know what I realized the other day? I was wearing a turtleneck and my bangs were really greasy. And I felt like, I was like, oh, who do I look like right now? And I was like, oh my God, I look like Shelly Duvall in The Shining. <gasps> like greasy hair. I think I looked a little like weathered, like maybe it had been a hard day as a parent. And I was wearing a turtleneck and I was like, I just look like my husband's going to put an ax through the wall at me. What an honor. Thank you. I, I felt I felt like good that I even recognized it, you know? Today's episode is brought to you by Maria Turner Carney, Emily Helmes, Laura Perry, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Herod, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially and in particular producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or this just in, He's got a Venmo. It's Hell Books on Venmo. H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's normal speaking voice. People are on the edge of their seats wanting to know what we thought of this caveman <laughs> Cave them coffee. Um, that's what they should. That would be to me. That would be revolutionary if they called it cave them coffee. That would be. That would be next level. Um, but on the pot for relative fiction, I just had to record a line about how um, my friends playfully call me a food hoarder. Oh. Because I will, you know. I just. I want you to know. I wish that you were there. I tried to put a crust of a literal pizza crust back in the box for Kaya to eat later, and she was like, no. <laughs> I, I literally, I ate the top off the pizza and then I was going to put the entire 
the entire slice minus the toppings back in the box. And I was like, for Just our like family. Just like a wet little doughy <laughs> triangle. It's like all wet and soggy. Oh, no. That would never be good to eat. Well, it was a cornmeal crust pizza. So it was very oh, robust. Don't try to explain yourself. <laughs> it's, still, that's, it's still wrong. What I said, I said, for our family. It's just like, I don't want that. What's the matter with you? She's like, go back to your crib. Think about what you've done. That's just old habits die hard. People have asked me, they're like, did you grow up in the Depression? Like, are you reincarnated or something? Like, I'm like chewing on a belt in a corner somewhere. I don't know. Totally oh my fine. gosh. I think we've talked before on Sagittarian Matters about how you would always claim your one little seat in the sister's pit van and it would become your like rabbit warren of just like all your little things, your little hoodie and then your little bandana would be shoved in the seat that you would cover your eyes with to take your, your regular nap in the van that you would regularly take. And then under your seat were like, just like food cartons with just like whatever your leftovers <laughs> were. And it did turn against you at some point as we all knew it would. You did eventually get food poisoning in New York City. Well, that was from a vegan restaurant in New York City with a very low health score. Oh, I had been warned. Okay, so that was I had been warned by a friend. Jokes on me. Jokes on me. I had been warned by a friend. Don't don't go to this place. And I was like, oh, give me a break. And I, you know, a month into tour, three weeks into tour, you're like looking, you're looking for something good. And so I just got like. So much vegan mac and cheese and a milkshake and mm. vegan fried chicken oh, wow. and all this stuff. And then I hurled so hard. And then Aww. friend to the show, Katie Davidson, ate my leftovers, disbelieving Why that the reason... Why did you have leftovers? Well, they were in the fridge because you... I had gotten home from the restaurant, put them in the fridge, and uh, then got okay. sick. Katie okay. ate the leftovers, disbelieving that I was barfing from the food. And then, you know what happened a day later? Barf. Oh, Barf. God. This is terrible. Thankfully, not no. that many illnesses have happened on tour. Knock on wood. What a terrible place to be. I mean, I mean, some have actually, but that's a, that's another podcast. Okay. Anyway, what? I found I found that Paleo Verde left me ultimately with some dry mouth that I didn't appreciate. <laughs> Do you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a thumbs side? I think I give it a thumbs side. Um, I feel neutral about it. I don't think it's a bad product by any means. There's a lot about it that I was intrigued by and enjoyed. Um, I could imagine being in some weird situation at some point and finding it in like a, a like a Seven Eleven and being like, oh, oh, that guy. Maybe I'll grab it. But I don't know because I really like I have studied the effects of red bull on my system so i i now get it down like i know what kind of red bull affects me in what way and so it's so tried and true with red bull i think i would maybe go with the red bull and it's certainly i i can't imagine it replacing coffee itself it's more like it would replace an energy drink that's my thought on it uh, i i i could study it more i guess because mm-hmm. i do have a case of it yeah you got a lot of time i got plenty of time but it's, I don't trust it. It's ca- the caffeine element. The taste, wonderful. I would yeah. be happy to drink the flavor of this. I wish the caffeine hit me 
in a way I'm used to. I yeah. understand that maybe that's not the reason for the season. And so the the people who make this are listening and they're like, you did it. You missed the whole point. Yeah. No, we might be missing the entire point for We're sure. We're missing the entire point of green coffee, I think. I mean, here's the other thing. It's like, I'm kind of a trash can. Like, I often feel like maybe like the the more subtle energies of, of life and of like the more subtle offerings of like the body, mind, spirit world, just like I can't feel them like I need to be clobbered like, like a I cave really, person like a like a true cave person I need to be clobbered with like charred coffee beans charred and oily coffee beans that get run through like an old plastic Mr. Coffee which is what I'm drinking right now um so yeah I, I think that maybe like for some little sprite some little Venice Beach yoga sprite who like doesn't eat food very often and just like dabbles in matcha like, maybe that this would be, like, a great coffee, intro to coffee for them. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who's trying to wean themselves off of coffee or do something, like, clean and green and... Yeah, So I'm, exactly. I'm giving it... I'm giving it a, a confused thumb. I'm, I, my thumb is confused also. You know whose thumb was not confused was my boyfriend, TJ Payne. Um, he said that it tasted like specialty, healthy, sparkling water. Oh. And... That the it had that to him it had the aftertaste of very very watered down iced coffee. It's worth mentioning he is a connoisseur of iced coffee. He okay. is a big he's a big coffee head as well, and he really likes um, black iced coffee. So he says, "How did he feel about the effects?" I don't think he really drank enough because he found it so distasteful. And I quote, "I think the drink in general is unpleasant." So that's what he said. And he also said, it's definitely not something I would want to drink when I wake up. Because we were talking about, like, what is this? You know, is this, like, is this coffee or is it, like, a, you know, a soda energy drink sort of deal? And, and, you know, I I, I come down firmly on it's an energy drink and not not a coffee drink, even though it's made of coffee. I wonder if I tried it in the afternoon with an espresso and then I had this as an energy drink. Would I run through a wall like Kool-Aid Man? (laughs) Yeah, I would be worried about the physical effects on you, but it seems like maybe that would taste really good, actually, as we've talked about enjoying caffeinated coffee, like real burnt roasted coffee drinks. Ooh, do you know what is amazing? What? I worked with someone once who turned me on to this weird drink, espresso and Coca-Cola iced. It's actually amazing. There's a couple coffee shops in Los Angeles that like it's on their menu. Oh, well, I've, I've enjoyed a coffee cola from the Red E in Portland, Oregon before. They have oh, their yeah? own coffee cola on site. I'll be happy to try this. Yeah. I really found it, all the things, caffeinated in a way that my body understood and appreciated, refreshing and tasty. Especially Do you remember when... Mexican Coke on it. Forget it. So yummy. Oh, delicious. Um, <laughs> Michelle, we have some advice questions. Oh, cool. So I thank the people that sent me this coffee. I'm not sure I understand it. I think I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. If anyone, good on you. Good on you for flying your coffee freak flag high. You know. Oh yeah. Being coffee outliers, trying something new, being entrepreneurs. And I'm I'm happy for the non-gendered cave person. Yeah, always. Dear Nicole and Michelle, do you have any tips about friendship breakups? Do you have any mm. advice about friendship breakups? Basically, I asked people to tell me questions, but also just topics they wanted us to talk about. And so oh. friendship breakups was one. And then there was a 
sad a sad face made out of um, some dots and a parentheses. I think friendship breakups don't get as much attention in our culture as they deserve for how really heartbreaking and and traumatizing and life-changing they can be. They can alter the course of your life every bit as much as a romantic, you know, partner breakup, I think. I think and sometimes even more because they can haunt you because, you know, in that, in the culture there's you know, kind of the way pet death, there's not like a there's not like a grief setup. There's not already an infrastructure for like, you know, there's like, oh, a human died. Here's how you grieve that. We can right. all understand how to support you through that. And here's the steps it generally goes through. With yeah. pet death, there's not necessarily that kind of infrastructure of people understanding how to act towards you. And the same thing with friend breakups versus romantic breakups. Yeah, I agree completely, completely. Huh. I mean, I, I've, I've definitely had, I've had friend breakups that were temporary and then we got back together you mm-hmm. know that's mostly been my experience I've had that with a couple people in my life um, who I really love and I love that they're in my life um, and then um, I've had a, I had a friend breakup that really ended the friendship but I think the friendship needed to end you know it's just like a relationship it's like a, a toxic friendship is just as bad I don't know. Maybe it's not just as bad as a toxic relationship just for because you don't necessarily spend as much time in it. But um but yeah. Hmm. Me and you have never had a breakup. <sighs> no, thank God. We've been friends for a long time. <laughs> I know we really have. It's really cool. We've been friend We've been friends since I think 2002. Yeah, when I went on that horrible tour and you kindly let us all sleep at your house, even though we were strangers, and the tour was filled with cisgendered white men, what was I doing besides bottoming out on alcohol? I don't know, but I, but I, I remember I literally was like, well, there's plenty, there's plenty of space at my house, and I meant floor space next to a ferret cage. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I remember somebody slept on your front Portland porch in like a soggy, like thrift store love seat or oh, something. That tracks. That tracks. <laughs> I remember somebody was like, oh, my God, your dog Beja is so cute. And somebody else was like, I don't think she's that cute. And I was like, are you ki- Can you just please? Who would say something like that? My God, now I'm going to rack my brain. Like, which like which sociopath on that tour would say such a thing? A grouchy lesbian. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Friend breakups, I don't know what to say. Except, you know, I guess sometimes there's somebody who's not a fit anymore. Or... And so then, like, you're understanding, like, okay, maybe we're just not meant to be friends anymore. And it's okay for relationships to have a life cycle. It doesn't mean anyone yeah. failed. It doesn't mean anything. anyone did anything wrong. It just means that was the life cycle of that relationship. And mm-hmm. now, you know, you get to – you've learned. Maybe you've outgrown each other. Yeah. Maybe that person doesn't give you what you need or, you know, whatever. And so then that's for the best. But that's different than the kind of, like, oh, we had a fight right. sort of thing where then maybe the – there's an opportunity later and you know, nothing needs to happen in a rush. There's no rush. Maybe there's the time later after some healing or reflection or something to see if you want to approach it again. That's really true. I mean, like, you know, I had, I had one friend falling out that, oh gosh, maybe it lasted like a year or something. This is like one of my closest friends, you know? And it just was like, I feel when I think about it, I'm just like, we just needed space from each other. 
I feel like sometimes even like beautiful friendships, like I feel like we, we both, um, our situation was we both sort of experienced devastating breakups at the same time. And I think it became a little bit of like a misery loves company fully ado sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, to- toxic exchange instead of like a healthy friendship. And now I feel like we have a very healthy friendship and we're maybe both in a healthier place. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I like it too. It's a happy ending for sure. I mean, it's also like, I don't, and I know different people, I should just say this, like people burn bridges in different ways. I try not to burn it down as I'm walking out the door of anything if I can. Yeah. And I think that that's helpful. Like having a graceful exit or even just like a, I don't want to talk to you right now for X, Y, Z reason, or just Mm -hmm. like we're down, you're downgraded to acquaintance, not telling them that, but just, (laughs) I mean, I think that the, the advice we're giving maybe is a little bit, you know, from the perspective that you haven't completely burned down their life. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're yeah. like, oh, let's be friends again. I went to therapy. Um, right. I mean, gosh, you might have to think, like, do I need to make an amends here, you know? And I don't know. In my situation, I didn't quite think I needed to make an amends necessarily. I mean, I think I, it was like a, it was like a weird, I don't know if it was complicated or vague, like the root of our, of our, of our, um, you know, conflict, but it didn't feel like either one of us necessarily needed to apologize. But I do, I think just the fact that we were in different places and I think we both learned a lot, not necessarily from our falling out, but just learned a lot from where we were at during that time period mm-hmm. that we're kind of different people. And I just don't, I can't imagine we'd find ourselves in that situation again. Yeah. I don't know that if that makes any sense. I'm being very vague, but. Well, it does. But mm-hmm. I think it does, it makes a difference if you want to be someone's friend again to make some kind of amends or to acknowledge what your part in it was. Yeah. If you guys broke up, because probably the discomfort wasn't just one sided. Yeah. Pro- totally. I mean, there's parts of my life where I was going through a hard time and then somebody really rubbed me the wrong way and I was just like, get out of here. Yeah. And then later, years later, like with therapy or time or whatever, you know, we've been able to be like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I was probably such a huge asshole because here's what was going on for me. Right. And then the person be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was going on for you. Yeah. And yes, you were a huge asshole. And <laughs> here we are. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, yeah. I, and, and sometimes sometimes you're like, oh, like, I don't know, like I had a I had a friend falling out. Um, that felt sort of like a, like something happened that felt a little bit like a betrayal. I don't think they saw it like that, but that's how it registered to me. And it made me realize that like, I'd actually been sustaining so many bad feelings from the friendship for so long, but just sort of like trying to push past it because I also cared about this person and, you know, liked, enjoyed them in so many other ways. And even though this sort of toxic vibe would rear its head a lot, I would just push through it and try to like, you know, like them for who they are, etc. And so then when this sort of betrayal thing happened, I was like, oh my God, like I've been actually like giving you the benefit of the, of the doubt and like trying to work with it. Like, but actually why, why was I doing This is a better friendship that it's better gone perhaps, Yeah, you know? So sometimes it can be great and, and frees up room for more and different friends. The world is waiting for you. And it's a game-mazing world. I'm Karen Tongson. And I'm Nicole J. Georges. And we're the hosts of The Game-Mazing Race, a new limited series podcast about The Amazing Race, your favorite reality competition show from an LGBTQ point of view. 
We are going to talk to gay amazing guests, including Oswald Mendez, Team Guido, the Married Lesbian Ministers, and more. Plus, we will learn behind-the-scenes gossip, trivia, we'll talk about gay villains, the closet, archetypes, processing challenges that we just can't forget, and more. And beyond that, you'll also have a gay amazing soundtrack scored by the Kaya Wilson. This music has been described as Enya-esque with druidic energy. So listen to us, the Gay Amazing Race, wherever you get your podcasts. Gay Amazing Race, the Gay Amazing Race, the Gay Amazing Race. Dear Nicole and Michelle, how do I get back to focusing on my own projects after months of heavy caregiving? From caregiving in Calgary. Wow, that's intense. I mean, the first thing I guess I would do is almost like a purging ritual, like maybe a magical bath. Um, if you have as- uh, like uh, access to a bath, you can even do a shower. I feel like showers don't get as much play for like magical ritual, but uh, honestly, the um the hitting of the water droplets in your shower creates um an ionic environment that is not dissimilar to a waterfall or waves breaking on rocks. So it's actually nice and good vibey. So get yourself in some water and do some visualization and like appreciate yourself for all your caringness and just like wash it away and be like, now it's time for me to put that care energy and those care vibes on myself. And I'm going to do that by being productive with the projects that are meaningful to me. Um, and hopefully you're no longer in the caregiving experience. Is it behind you? Do you need to wait a couple months and then maybe look back and do a little inventory? Like, should you have had different boundaries? If you are asked to care for people again, as we all do periodically through our lives, how can you structure that differently for yourself so that it's not so self-sacrificing? Because that never really helps anybody. Mm-hmm. Um friend to the show Beth Pickens who has a new book yeah you know, it's so good has such a beautiful thing to say at the end of her book which is basically like the gist which I'm probably gonna injure it's basically like you know your art never leaves you things will take you away from your art life will get in the way but your art will always still be there whenever you're willing to access it I think that is so true. And it does get seasoned by these other non-art things that we do. Even things that are unpleasant or things that we regret or wish we hadn't done. Like, it doesn't matter because it's still experience and it just flavors your take. And that comes through in your art. So I feel like one thing that's really lucky is as a creative person, nothing is lost. You know, nothing is for nothing. It all goes into that that mysterious inspiration pot. Mm-hmm. And... If you need something very practical, just decide ahead of time, okay, what 20 minutes tomorrow will I spend on my project? And just set a timer. And it could be before everyone wakes up or it could be in the middle of the day, whatever. Just like, okay, I'm just going to set a timer for 10 minutes or for 20 minutes and then just see how that goes. I think I feel like any minute, like I know a cartoonist, um, I think it was Gene Yang, who has a bunch of kids and then was a high school teacher. And he worked on his graphic novel 15 minutes every morning before work. And you know what? That's better than nothing. That's better better than than zero minutes. Yeah. I mean, that will, that moves you towards a first draft, a shitty first draft that you can then edit. You can't Mm -hmm. do anything without that shitty first draft. You write one page a day. You have more than enough pages for a book at the end of a year. 
which is a totally mm-hmm. adequate amount of time to be spending on a book, writing a book. Yeah, not, you mean not a month? <laughs> not a single month? Um, do you have anything to say about zines, Michelle? This has been I coming up lately. Them. Is there a zine renaissance happening? I think there's a zine renaissance happening. I wonder if people are realizing that their mode of self-expression on the internet is just a capitalist tool from people to make you another a consumer who's right. willing to sell yourself. And so people are maybe relying or like thinking a little bit more about zines as a form of self-expression. It's so great. Like I feel like zines have always been a reaction against capitalism in a mainstream. And it's really interesting to see the way that that like it, it maintains that in a totally different sort of capitalist environment. Like the world is so different now than like in the nineties, you know, when I experienced a zine explosion. Um, but it still serves the same purpose. I really, I think it's important for people to think about, you know, the places where you connect with your friends and express yourself. If it's Instagram or TikTok or whatever, just from that's owned by a corporation. <laughs> Those people are selling your shit. They want you to come on there to express yourself. So then they can, sell it so think about the purest form of expression you can that no one can shut you down for if you violate their codes of ethics um i love zines dear michelle yeah yeah why do some sagittarians love bomb and then ghost Ugh, they just feel like they get so scared of anyone putting their little claws in them they they fear getting wifed and never being able to love bomb another. They've got so many love bombs in them that they have to move on and toss the next bomb. It's unfortunate for everyone, you know? Eventually, I think the high of love bombing does run its course, and the love bombing Sagittarius will take a long, cold, hard look at themselves for maybe a year or so before they go back out and do it all over again. But yeah, I... (laughs) As a as a Sagittarian occasional love bomber, I know that the times I have fled, it's been like, oh God, like I can feel that this is going to grow in a direction that I don't, I don't want that. And I, then I run away. Yeah. Ideally you communicate as about it as you get older. But what do you think as a Sagittarian love bomber? I feel lucky to have so much Capricorn weighing me down. Truth, I have Venus and Capricorn too, so I have had some LTRs. Yeah, I have I have a lot of a lot of romantic placements in Capricorn and emotional placements in Capricorn, so I feel a little more grounded by it. But um Sagittarians love love. Yeah. The adventure really, of it. They love the adventure of it. Yeah. Um I'm sorry if anyone's ghosted you. And I want yeah. you to remember there's also like the evolved version of a sign and the non evolved version of a sign. So maybe you love Sagittarius energy. But a younger Sagittarius, younger in their thing, is going to yeah. ghost, is not going to be able to communicate. Yeah. I, I think maybe the best you can ask for is a Sagittarius that's like a little more, a little more weathered. <laughs> that like has figured that out about themselves. And knows how to and... communicate what they want or don't want out of a thing so that you yeah. don't get tricked. Because that's the yeah. thing. Like you don't want them to love bomb you. You're like, oh my God, are we getting married? And then they're like, <laughs> oh, yike. And they, you know, get out of there. Like yeah. you want a Sagittarius who can say, here's what I'm here for with this situation Sagittarius needs something exciting in their life what's what's exciting in their life you know what how do they feel like yeah. they can get that exciting energy out and it doesn't necessarily have to be through love addiction totally like at some point you grow like, up and you're like oh it's on me to make my own fun you know like I can't be looking to like use other people for their 
for their electricity. It's like unfair. Yeah, you can Sagittarius who gets who knows how to make their own electricity, who knows how to do their own arrow sharpening. <laughs> Dear Nicole Michelle, what do I do if I'm? How do I deal with being jealous of people who already got the vaccine? I hate <laughs> feeling that from jealous in Jersey. I think that you should listen to the Yoko Ono and Cat Power song. Um, oh God, what is it called now? Hold on, it's like. My, one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song in the whole world, but now I can't remember it because I need more coffee. Um, why don't you talk while I, well, give your advice while I look for this. Uh, how do you deal? You just have to know, wish them the best. Be glad that they're not going to get hospitalized for COVID because you probably know them and love them and you don't want them to be intubated and know that it's coming to you. It is coming your way. You are going to get it. Be patient just a little bit longer. My productivity coach, Alec Longstreth, likes to tell me that, like, you know, the last 10% takes 90% of the effort. More people die Uh. going down Mount Everest than going up Mount Everest. And so if you're in the final throes of something, be it a project, be it a pandemic, just you have to hang on a little bit longer to stick the landing. And then also listen to Yoko Ono and Cat Power's song called Revelations. It's like a beautiful prayer and it's, it's like a lot, it asks you to like think differently about your own negative emotions and see them as sort of holy and self-protective and um, available to be transmuted into an emotion that you can get behind, that you enjoy more. So it's okay to be jealous. Just have a sense of humor about it, you know? Like, what are you going to do? Like, bum rush a clinic and like throw some elbows at some seniors like you're not going to do anything you're just going to feel uncomfortable just going to sit with your uncomfortable feelings like it's only it's just emblematic of what you've been through and what we've all been through this year and how badly we want to get on with our lives yeah have your last hurrah with takeout whatever your weird pandemic kind of thing that you've cultivated for yourself have a last hurrah with it because you know that your time's coming up maybe you have an appointment by the time you're hearing this podcast right like okay what's the like the last kind of like cave person things i want to do in my house before i'm actually able to leave right maybe you just if for me it's like that means i would just like binge the entire um the entirety of schitt's creek while eating tony uh, boxes of tony's chocolonely and boxes of popsicles yeah. That's what I would do. You're you're sending pandemic off mm-hmm. hopefully with like yeah. a with a florist. Yes. Michelle, thank you for coming on the podcast. I love this podcast. I love you and I love I love coming on it. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening. See you next time.